You're listening to the Faith Roots Audio Podcast with Pastor Willie George. You can watch the full video version of this episode and join the conversation with your comments on the Faith Roots YouTube channel. Simply search Faith Roots on YouTube and be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Now, here's Pastor Willie George with today's message. Welcome to the Faith Roots Podcast. We're talking about resisting the devil. Today, I want to read from Revelation chapter 12, verse 11, New King James Version. And they overcame him, the devil, by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. The power and the authority of Christ's sacrifice was absolutely necessary to bring about our position of authority. In other words, we couldn't begin to have authority over the devil had it not been for the cross. I want to read Colossians chapter 2, verse 10. The scripture says, And you are complete in him. Keep that word in mind, complete. We're going to get to it in a second. Who is the head of all principality and power. Uh, those two terms have to do with different forces in the spirit world and particularly evil forces. He is head over them. He has authority over them. So you are complete in him who is the head of all demonic power, principality and power. He's over them. This word in the Greek for complete is plerao, which means to level up, to furnish, to finish, to accomplish, to perfect The idea is that Christ filled a gap. Christ corrected a deficiency. Something that was broken, he fixed. And how did he do that? Well, he did that with his cross. So I want to read to you uh, from Colossians chapter 2. And this is, in my opinion, one of the most powerful uh, contexts in uh, all of the Scripture, all in the New Testament. All of the New Testament is powerful. Uh, Verse 13, Colossians 2, And you being dead in your trespasses and in the uncircumcision of your flesh. In other words, you are impure because of sin, because of your flesh. Uh, There's death in your flesh. You're going to die if Christ doesn't come during your lifetime. He says He has made you alive together with Him. And how did He do that? having forgiven you all your trespasses. So in other words, you could not be alive until your trespasses were taken care of. That's what Christ did. Having wiped out the handwriting of requirements that was against us, which was contrary to us, and he has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to his cross." Now, even though we had the sin nature and we had the trespasses and we were guilty of all these things, it was only righteous and just for God to articulate the things that we would be guilty of. So how did he do that? He gave the law to Moses. And the law of Moses had a purpose. It was to identify all of the behaviors that were in direct violation of God's ways, His person, His holiness, His will. That's what the law was designed to do. It was to convince us of our sins, to identify them, and to show us that we were guilty. 
How did he deal with this? He wiped out this handwriting of requirements. <clears throat> now, that's not something the devil did. The handwriting of requirements was something that God did. It was against us. It was contrary to us. And he took it out of the way. And how did he do it? <clears throat> Pardon me. He nailed it to his cross. So at the cross, all of those laws that we broke were nailed along with our sins. Then it says in verse 15, having disarmed principalities and powers, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it. <coughs> Pardon me. Now, they didn't know that they were being made a public spectacle of. When Jesus was on the cross, that's where he defeated the principalities and powers. Only they didn't know it. They had no idea it was happening. They had no idea or understanding that in crucifying the Christ, they just sealed their own doom. Had they known that the crucifixion was going to be their end, they would never have provoked the people to crucify our Lord. They provoked both the Romans and the religious leaders of the Jews. Now, listen to 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 7 and 8. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. In other words, this is secret. The hidden wisdom which God ordained before the ages for our glory. God knew this was going to happen from the very foundation of the world, before he even created Adam, he knew how he was going to do this. Which none of the rulers of this age knew, for had they known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. So he takes in here not just the Romans, but the Jewish leaders and the Romans. It was everybody, and truth be known, it was all of us. All of our sin nailed Jesus to the cross. So this is a double reference. The rulers of this age, that is not only speaking about those men who ordered Jesus' crucifixion, but it also speaks to the dark spiritual forces who pushed them into this behavior and to this act of rejection of God. Now, this is a double reference, speaking to both. This plan had to be so secret, because if Satan had any idea what was happening, that it was his own defeat he would never have participated in provoking these leaders to crucify the Lord. The hatred, the venom, listen, every demon in the world was there in Jerusalem pushing for the crucifixion of Jesus. These people were completely consumed, blindly consumed, making very illogical decisions. Their behavior was totally irrational. The hatred was unbelievable, and all of that venom was inflicted on Jesus. Now, I want to read something to you to show you that even Jesus' own followers, his closest followers, even though he talked about it, they still didn't get it. It was a top secret event and a top secret plan. Even though Christ told them it was going to happen, he did not reveal it to them by his spirit. 
They did not understand this. He spoke it so that later on after it happened, they could go back and see that he had said it, but it was not something that when he told them, aha, the lights came on, they said, our Lord is going to be crucified. They didn't know that. It was never revealed to them. They could look back later and say, yes, he said this, but they didn't know it was going to come. Now, I want you to pay attention to this. This is Luke's Gospel, chapter 24. This is the afternoon of the resurrection. So here we go, verse 13. Now, behold, two of them were traveling that same day to a village called Emmaus, which was seven miles from Jerusalem. And they talked together of all these things which had happened. So it was while they conversed and reasoned that Jesus himself drew near and went with them. But their eyes were restrained so that they did not know him. Now, now that's interesting because he kept them from fully recognizing him. He did not want them to know who he was. He didn't want them to see him and recognize him for who he was. Why? Because it was more important to him that they listened to his words. Had he revealed himself to them, they would have been so overwhelmed with emotion, they wouldn't have paid attention to anything he said. So he wanted them to pay attention to what he said, then he'll reveal himself. So let's go on. He said to them, what kind of conversation is this that you have with one another as you walk in or sad? Then the one whose name was Cleopas answered and said to him, are you the only stranger in Jerusalem? Have you not known the things which have happened here in these days? And he said to them, what things? So they said to him, the things concerning Jesus of Nazareth, who was a prophet, mighty in deed and word before God and all the people, and how the chief priests and our rulers delivered him to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we were hoping that it was he who was going to redeem Israel. Now, what did they just say? They just said, in effect, we do not believe that his death redeemed us. They had no idea that his death on the cross was the very thing that would bring their redemption. Had they known it, they would never have said, we were hoping that it was he who was going to redeem Israel. Had they known it, they would have said, he just redeemed us by dying for our sins. But they didn't know that. And they said, indeed, besides all this, today is the third day since these things happened. Yes, and certain women of our company who arrived at the tomb early astonished us. When they did not find his body, they came saying that they also had seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. And certain of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but him they did not see. So even though they've had two sets of eyewitness reports, they still do not believe. Why? They don't believe because believing is not something you do with outward evidence. Believing is something you do with the heart. The Bible says in the book of Romans chapter 10, for with the heart man believeth. Now, then he said to them, O foolish ones and slow of heart to believe in all that the prophets have spoken, ought not the Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory. 
In other words, don't you think he was supposed to do this? And so beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. Now, he didn't have to take them back and show them about the prophecies of the miracles, prophecies that blind eyes would be opened, prophecies that deaf ears would be opened. Those two miracles had never happened before. Jesus was the first one to do those, and they were unique to the Messiah. The Messiah was the only one permitted to do that, and they were held for Jesus to come do. So he did that a number of times. Then they drew near to the village where they were going, and he indicated he would have gone further. They constrained him, saying, Abide with us, for it's toward evening, and the day is far spent. And he went in to stay with them. Now it came to pass, as he sat at the table with them, he took bread, blessed, and broke it, and gave it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they knew him. And he vanished from their sight. Now... The lights came on. The lights came on when he broke the bread. And the breaking of the bread was the symbol that Jesus had given them through Holy Communion in the Last Supper, saying, this is my body. And when he did that, he broke the bread. They're thinking, that was him. And that's what this was all about. His body had to be broken. Of course, he had to die. Now it is revealed to them. Why? because he shared the scriptures. And now because they have heard the words, so then faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. Now they have faith, now they can see. So the thing that brought about our authority over the devil was the cross. And it was such a top secret operation that even the people who followed Jesus closely and loved him dearly did not understand its significance. Not one of them. Not one of them understood until after it was all over and until after he explained it to them after he was risen from the dead. We'll pick up here tomorrow. I want to thank you for watching our podcast today. And if you really liked it, would you please give us a little thumbs up by clicking on that sign down below. And then I would encourage you to subscribe to our channel so you don't miss any of our future podcasts because they're all going to be good. And if you would like to support us financially, either with a one-time gift or recurring gift, you can do that by clicking on the link below are going to MyFaithRoots.com. Thank you so much for watching this program. We hope this message has been a blessing to you. Ratings and reviews help us reach more people. So take a moment to leave a review on your podcast app and consider sharing an episode with a friend or family member that needs to be built up and encouraged in the Lord today. Thank you for listening.